Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pitches at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. And now, get busy listening and get busy winning. Here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. And you are welcome along to a special edition of the show as we are getting set for the race that stops a nation, arguably the world, the Melbourne Cup 2022. We will preview it in the company of Olivia Cold. Olivia, welcome to the final furlong. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have your company. Um, we've just been talking off air and thoroughly enjoyed uh, speaking to you. A proper racing conversation, so this should be a lot of fun. Uh, for those who don't know, though, introduce yourself to the Final Forum podcast audience. Hello, my name is Olivia. I am a huge international racing fan. That is the sort of social media side that I've worked in for the last few years and especially at the moment Australian racing is such an exciting time and I've been a real fan of Australian racing for a while so we're coming into arguably the most exciting exciting week of of their year and very excited now to discuss the race that stops the nation the Melbourne Cup with you. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's great to get your insight on the show as well. Um, and it's a proper international week, because we've got the Melbourne Cup, we've got the Breeders' Cup as well. Uh, and of course, there's plenty of jump racing too. Well, don't don't worry, we haven't forgotten about the fact that the jumps is back, but these meetings are too big not to talk about. So we've got uh, Naomi Tucker and Barry Faulkner, the Don, is back with us on Thursday to preview the Breeders' Cup. Uh, we'll review it all with Tim Carroll. Uh, and delighted to have Olivia's company as well. And hopefully this will be the first of a few, many performances even. What the hell am I saying uh, for Olivia on the final furlong? Because <laughs> you've been someone I've been meaning to get on the show for a while. So it's finally, it's finally here, Olivia. Um, oh, thank you. Well, let's see how I, let's see how I do. You might be taking that back after, after, today, after my performance today. But um, no, it is a very exciting time coming up. Obviously there's jumps of action, but for me, this is actually the time of year when the international flat, action gets super exciting as you mentioned we've got breeders cup 
Melbourne Cup Carnival. Then we've also go on for the Japan Cup and Hong Kong action as well. So, so much to be discussing um, online and and on podcasts. Mm, big time. Uh, I was watching In Secret the other night win the Coolmore Stud Stakes and hoping that horse stays in training and then comes up to Royal Ascot for Godolphin. Looked an absolute superstar. Uh, but one of the things to take away from that was Flemington is currently soft, soft ground. Uh, so... In terms of the draw and the going, we've got 24 runners. Deauville Legend is the 5-2 to two favorite. Gold Trip, currently 9-1. to one. Without a fight, 9s as well. Lunar Flare at 12 shot. And Vow and Declare, 14s. Hu Yamal, 16s. So some of our old favorites from Europe, uh, the UK and Ireland uh, there. But no Aidan O'Brien. No Joseph O'Brien, who's had a terrific record. No Charlie Appleby. So the European interest is there, but in some ways, the trainers who have done very well in it or the big names, they haven't taken part in it this year. Um, what do you make of the field, first of all, just for an overall summary of what you make of the standard of this year's race? Uh, and also in terms of the the draw and the pace, how do you think that's going to pan out this year? Okay, so lots, lots to unpack there. Um, I think in terms of the field... The, the narrative that I've sort of been seeing online on Twitter is that it's the internationals race for the taking. They, the kind of opinion is that the internationals are the strongest contenders. I do think we've sent down some incredibly strong contenders who are well suited to the Flemington two miles. However, I do think that there are lots of Australian horses in the race who have fantastic chances as well. Many of them have raced at Flemington before. Um, and in terms of, as you've mentioned as well, we also have to consider the fact that Melbourne has had a lot of rain recently. We are looking, I think they've had a, a, perhaps a more sunny day today, overnight, our UK time. Um, but they have more rain forecast. I even heard someone mention there was potentially some hail coming as well. So yeah. obviously it depends um, how... It, how when the rain comes and also if the rain comes sort of during racing in, in advance of the Melbourne Cup but it's looking like we're going to be on a heavy track um, come Tuesday for the Melbourne Cup potentially perhaps a heavy eight heavy nine um, unless there is some sort of drying during racing so that is also really important to consider when we when we look at the field and in terms of barrier draw that happened yesterday it's looking currently like we're going to have the pace in the wider wider draws with the likes of serpentine and knight's order potentially getting that early pace on and going to the front so serpentine is going to come out of stall 23 uh, knight's order yeah. is coming out of stall 24 so that's a hundred percent and speaking of serpentine he wasn't guaranteed to be able to run in this race. He was 28, I think, when I was talking about this race on Thursday. We ended up cutting that out because we did a, a Breeders' Cup early look ahead with Mark Milligan, who is now stateside. Enjoy your time, Mark. Not going to the Breeders' Cup, by the way. He loves it. <laughs> he just happens to be... His wife booked a trip to New York, and that's where he is and not at Keeneland. So, yeah, we're, we're thinking of you, my man. We're thinking of you. But uh, when we were having that off-air discussion, Serpentine was 300 to 1. Since then... He's run a blinder to finish second. The 300s is gone. He's now in the race. He's 40s. Still not entirely sure if we want to back him. Um, a derby winner, the first derby winner since 18 dickety do to have his... yeah that The cruelest cut of all the surgery has been done. Um, so he's been gelded. And he had done nothing since his, his trip down under. Uh, he'd been 12th, 15th, 9th, 10th. But this was very much a return to form. How do you think he will 
fair for Lloyd Williams after the expensive acquisition down under? I think I feel more hopeful after yesterday's race, obviously finishing second to Surefire and thus gaining a spot in the Melbourne Cup. What I really liked about that run is it was that return to the style that we are familiar with in terms of going to the front. Obviously that Derby win was incredible in that way. They just, you know, couldn't couldn't catch him. And that was the style that he emulated yesterday, went to the front added that pace and but what I was impressed by is when the other contenders started coming to catch him he still kind of stayed on to finish second and that obviously he hasn't had fantastic results at all down under and that on the ground that we saw on Derby Day is really encouraging because we'll be having perhaps a, a, a slightly softer track come Tuesday unless it dries a little then we could see similar um, so that is encouraging in that way I think the ground should he should be able to handle the ground um seems to have found that running style again that suits him really well i think things are looking more positive i would certainly be wanting to see him finish top 10 at the very least going off saturday and let him he also you know they seem confident clearly if he's if he's in the race that he's come out of come out of yesterday's race well but with the melbourne cup i'm i'm always you know things can happen last minute as well so um, we've still, you know, the horses that everyone in the race um, has got to pass tomorrow as well. A second pre-retinary inspection of the final field, which will be Good by show. the Racing Victoria veterinary team tomorrow. So we've still got that as well. Yeah, that's a very good shout, actually, um, because that's something I talked about on Look on Sunday. Um, there was uh, an expert had come over to talk about it. Huey Morrison's horse had been withdrawn and he was very upset about that because the implication then is that you're sending a horse over who's not sound to run in a race and that of course was not the case um and the the mris are very controversial because they're great in the sense that if if there is something wrong that you have not detected and you're able to see that then you can treat it but horses also have wear and tear the same as human human body does i mean if you did an mri on me you'd shoot me be like, oh, put him out of his misery. Um, but, you know, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I can still live, thanks very much. Uh, and it's it's a very controversial thing, the MRIs in Australia, and it's, I think that may very well be why some of the big European trainers have decided, no, I'm not going down there, because there's a, there's a lot of bureaucratic red tape to try and get around. Um but we've already seen high-profile horses taken out of this year's Melbourne Cup because of that very process. Yeah, as you say, that it has been, um, you know, the measures brought in by Racing Victoria have divided opinion. There are all, you know, there's obviously a lot of stages that internationals have to go through, but also down under when they arrive as well, after they've travelled and kind of gone through those pre, pre-travel approv- approvals. And similarly, the local field as well have to, so we've seen Durston in recent days, the Caulfield um, Cup winner, be taken out of the fields due to, I think it was named a grey area um, on a scan. Um, so it's also for the locals as well. Um, we also have had my sort of, favorite going in loft i was a huge loft fan yeah. um has been injured down down since down under since arriving so 
I think as well, from my point of view, I haven't attended the Melbourne Cup. I haven't been racing in Australia. So I have perhaps not seen firsthand the sort of anti-racing sentiment that is down there. And we hear, you know, we we hear and see that it is it is very strong there. This is such a high, high profile race. And perhaps I'm not best to, try, to kind of pass judgment as I haven't been there. I haven't seen the protests. I haven't seen kind of the, you know, high up high profile kind of government um officials um criticism of the race and that does exist so i understand that it is kind of a balancing act for for the racing authorities to you know keep keep all the horses um you know safe try and bring in a really strong field both locally and internationally but also you know make sure that the horses that are running are are you know, fit and healthy and able to to run to run in the race safely. And um, I think it will be it will be something that is continually sort of reviewed and will probably adapt in future years as well as it has done already in the last few years. Mm, there's some very controversial policies that the Australians are, are bringing in, and it's worrying that there are ex-Australian officials now with the BHA who are pushing similar things that we haven't got there yet, but they're doing it to a certain extent, and it's. It's worrying a number of people in the industry, and not just in the UK, but in Ireland as well. So we'll see how that pans out, because Tim Carroll dropped some truth bombs on us last year on the final furlong. I had no idea there was such a backlash against racing in Australia. I had no idea there was this little movement that's been gaining a lot of traction over the years. Uh, it's still the race to stop the nation. It's still a massive thing. It's It's a huge event. But it is strange to see the amount of people who are turning against it. And hopefully common sense prevails and we get nowhere near that. Your overall analysis. So no pressure. We're only looking <laughs> for the trifecta. That's all. We just want the tricast. It's an easy thing to be asking of you in a 24-runner race, one of the most famous in the world. So who are your three for the Melbourne Cup? Four, five even for the Melbourne Cup. So as you say, it is a big a big field it is a big race to be analyzing there are a lot of horses that you know a, an international audience will be familiar with there are also a lot of horses in that an international audience may not have seen race before and i heard it sort of summarized very well by andrew hawkins this morning as it is a puzzle the race is a mm -hmm. puzzle with many pieces have to sort of be put together and lots of different elements now with horses stepping up in trip with the sort of rain further rain on the way um and with the barrier draw as well it is a fascinating puzzle but for me um of the internationals the one that i feel most confident about is without fight for the crispids i think there are lots of of ticks for him and i think that although um william buick faced a little criticism yesterday for his rides at flemington i think he is best suited to partner the horse and I think he without a fight I can definitely see finishing at top three um of the local horses there are three that I can see finishing top five um those being realm of flowers for the freedmans I think she has in recent days made the field but also has a lot now going for her in the barrier draw in the type of going that she likes I think she is the strongest of of the local horses there's also Gold's Trip who a northern hemisphere racing 
audience will be familiar with from racing over in France for uh, Fabrice Chappé. Um, now down under with Kieran Maher and David Eustace, who obviously are enjoying incredible success and um, are a fantastic training team. And I think, again, will perform well on the heavy ground that we're foreseeing and will be one who will stay on and stay on well. Additionally, Knight's Order, who I really am a fan of. Um, I think he is a fantastic prospect for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Again, we may be familiar. He was previously with William Jarvis. I think he will, from those wide barriers, as we previously um, were talking about, will add on that early pace, but I think he will stay on well. And then finally, I do foresee that Dover Legend will finish top five. I just think that um, he is, you know, all class in that way. And he hasn't done anything wrong over in the UK to prove that he he wouldn't. He has actually done everything right. It's just for winning the race, there are those few question marks for me. So I think my top five would be, and the order of them has changed so much over the last few days, but I'm going to go with um, Realm of Flowers without a fight goals trip knight's order dover legend in that order i'm i'm liking this particularly given the fact that roma flowers is 10 to 1 that that suits yes. us that suits us big time yeah i i i just i just you know i think she, she you know she she ticks a lot of boxes now with how the kind of race has changed over the last few days with field going barrier draw pace I think I'm gonna. I know the internationals are really strong, and I think without a fight, could could be right up there. But could foresee perhaps him finishing runner up or third. But I'm gonna go with runner up. Uh, did you put Knight's Order in your top five? I did. Yes. Good, because I know you were talking about the horse, but I couldn't remember then because yeah, so, brain yeah. no work. I, 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 I've already. Yeah, no, I think Knight's Order. Knight's Order is um strong. There are there are other horses as well who um you know. That is the fun of the Melbourne Cup as well. Everyone has kind of a different a different opinion of their top five, which um, is just fascinating to be able to discuss with people. Um, but yeah, I think for me, those are those are the those are the top five. Um, obviously, we are still um, what are we now? Just under forty eight hours out from the race. Yep. Um, slightly wonder there things could still change. There's obviously a second pre race veterinary inspection tomorrow um we can't rule out that the field could change further because of that uh, we hope that it doesn't of course but it could and the melbourne weather seems to be very changeable at the moment um we could see rain we could see hail we could see sunshine um we'll just have to wait and see and perhaps adapt from that but uh, as things currently stand those are my top five what's well, the conditions that really interest me about night's order because he was beaten 25 lengths in the race last year, but you look at it this year, he's, his form is much more consistent uh, than last year, I would say. Um, he stayed on really strongly to place in the Caulfield Cup last time out, and he will love the ground, and the distance is no issue for him. Like he's He yeah. won the Sydney Cup over this trip. Uh, but the ground is going to really play into his favour, and that's one of the reasons why he comes into it much stronger for me. And he's 18s. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I agree with everything everything you've just said. I think um, 
yeah, the Caulfield Cup for me, for both Gold's Trip and Knight's Order, was kind of an extra, an extra tick for them. I think, as you mentioned, the trip and the ground, that Sydney, that Sydney Cup form just kind of reinforces for me that he he's a horse who, um, you know, should, people should be should be looking at for sure. Uh, on a line through Dover Legend, what do you think of Hu Yamal? I mean, very consistent when he was racing here. Um, it didn't happen for him in the St. Ledger for whatever reason. He just bombed out that day. He was beaten nine lengths by Elder Alderov. But prior to that, he'd run a, a fine race behind the, the Ledger favourite New London. He was second in the Derby, obviously, for the, his previous owner. A second massive price winner, wild price uh, horse to, to finish place. So basically a winner for him. Uh, and he's got another prospect now this year, this this time in, in Mark Johnston uh, for next season. Um you take the St. Ledger out of it and he shouldn't be 16s, but he's going to need a little bit of luck from stall 16, given the fact that he's a hold-up performer. He's got Craig Williams on board, which is a, a big help as well. But what do you make of his profile overall for the race? So for me, there are... I He was sales topper at the Goffs London sale and Gay Waterhouse, Adrian Bott, Johnny McKeever, they know what they're doing. And if they, you know pointed him out as a Mel, you know, this is a, this race has been the aim since the Goths London sale. That was what he's been purchased for. It was, he obviously moved to George Bowie. They targeted races over the summer with the Melbourne cup and travel in mind. So in that respect, I have great respect for everyone involved and I do have, you know, faith and confidence in their decision-making. And I don't think they was have, you know, bought the horse and have targeted him all through the summer for this race. If they didn't think that he could, go and you know run well and obviously they think win win the Melbourne Cup but for me out of those internationals going down he just doesn't have a strong enough profile for for me to kind of be taking taking you know him on to to win um or to or to even place really I just think Dover Legends did look stronger in the Gordon Stakes um I know that Ryan dropped dropped the whip um, but for me, Dover Legends just looked that stronger. And I think people have been quite critical of the March stakes, which he went on to win as a race and kind of the horses that he beat and the way he ran. And for me, that was just sort of reinforced by by the St. Ledger. And um, I mean, I would love to see him run well. I mean, that would be fantastic. But I just don't think of the internationals and the stronger locals. He, he, kind, he has enough of that profile for me to be endorsing him mm. they blamed the ground conditions for his defeat in the saint ledger which doesn't make any sense because it was good to soft and that was the same going for goodwood so i don't really know what to make of that um i i think he can be involved in the mix-up you're doing your best to talk me off the ledge and i'm not <laughs> entirely sure that you've done a good enough that's job that's all right we can dis- we can disagree that's the great thing about racing and you know these 24 runner fields we can all have different opinions about about them and um you know it, it's a puzzle and it will probably you know the the top the top 10 will probably surprise us in some respects as well so um you know it'd be fantastic for connections if if he did run well because it's been a real kind of investment of both money from the sale at uh at Goffs London but also in in time because I know Gay Waterhouse was here over the summer and was kind of you know, was incredibly trusting of George Bowie, obviously, but um, was also you know present in Newmarket and was at. I saw her at Goodwood for 
the Gordon Stakes during Glorious Goodwood. And, you know, they've 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 been there, they've been following him, they've been preparing him for this task. So for everyone involved, it would be incredible if he did, if he did perform well. Um and a and a lovely reward for them for, for the time and money and commitment that they've that they've been making. Yeah, big time. And that's very well said too. Um in terms of how any horse can perform exceptionally well in the race too flashed me back to staying up not setting the alarm to get up staying up for the Melbourne Cup back in 2014 2015 when Max Dynamite got chinned by Prince of Penzance who was like a millions oh god I, I, I still have issues with Frankie over that ride damn you Frankie um, but, <laughs> but hey you know but then what an amazing story that turned out you know that was and I mean, I then went on and watched um, the movie. I remember during during one of the lockdowns about oh, yeah. that whole life and win and what an incredible you know win that was, and it ended up being fantastic. You know, it was fantastic. You know, for all that we remember, you know, the horses that also, as you mentioned, got chimed or didn't quite win. There's also for every um, surprise result, there's often an incredible story behind it too. That's eloquently put. But it doesn't put money in my pocket. Yeah, <laughs> you are right, though. I forgot they made a film about that, uh, but Michelle Payne. Yeah, it, um, it's brilliant. Highly recommend. Okay. All right. Very good. If, it was a yeah. It was a lockdown. Um, a lockdown rental for us. All right. I will. I will look into that. And uh, final from podcast listeners should look into it too. Um, my top three. Yeah, watch, watch it before the Melbourne Cup. Get yourself in the mood. Like if you're, that's that's actually what I'd recommend. Stay up on Monday night, watch the film about that, and then do your all nighter for the Melbourne Cup if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. I'm liking that thinking, by the way. Yeah, screw work yes. the next day. Why are you so tired? Exactly. I stayed up all night watching Netflix in the Melbourne Cup. It's like. The HR wants to have a word with you. Um, oh, it's I, one day, yeah. <laughs> it's a bank holiday, I think, down under. Oh, well, it, it will be. It's bank holiday here as well. But um, yeah, like the Aussies will have. I'm I'm pretty certain that you can just ring your boss and go, no, I'm not coming in. It's Melbourne Cup. Oh, fine. Okay. I th- I'm pretty so- It's probably not the <laughs> rules, but it's like what we like to think in, um, in Ireland. I, I do know they stop work. I do know that like the TV goes on and you stop because of, I've got friends who are in Australia and just it all comes to a standstill and they watch the cup um so we should have that here for the grand national and the derby and more importantly for all four days of cheltenham um (laughs) i'm completely with you on without a fight i would be backing him for win purposes and i'm totally with you with knight's order and doville legend uh in terms of a place just for the tricast i would be including who yamal as well just to complicate it. And then, Interesting. So you wouldn't be including Realm of Flowers? I would. Well, you see, I'm going to have to put in Realm of Flowers because you've made such a convincing case for the horse. But in <laughs> terms of... What about Gold's Trip? Gold's Trip, were you familiar with him up in France? Was he, was he one that you've been having your eye on for Aussie racing? From his French days, I would know an awful lot more about him from then than I, I know about him in, in his time in, in Australia. And I'm not going to pretend that... Uh, like I've looked at the form, but I'm not going to pretend that oh, I know everything about uh, how gold trips have been going on. Um, I am intrigued that he's so prominent in the betting, um, for sure. But is there anything that you can tell us that? I mean, to be fair, he's the classiest horse in the race. 
he he has a great profile for the race, I think. He was second in the Caulfield Cup to Durston, so finished just ahead of Knight's Order and other horses that are now in the Melbourne Cup fields, like Montefilia and Bowen de Clare, Smoking Romans, Dewis, like there are lots of them that he finished ahead of. Um, and additionally, I think people look at sort of French form, especially on French ground, soft, very soft, heavy, and they value that when they're looking at the Melbourne Cup, especially on the heavy Flemington going. Yeah, he didn't get a whole lot of look in running in the Cox Plate. No, I would, yeah, I think I would, I would agree with that, and I think, um, you know, I, I would, I would look more at the Caulfield Cup for him and making a case for that when, when looking to the Melbourne Cup now. Yeah, and they were going to run him in the arc, and then they went, no, 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 no. Let's just let's take him out of that and um, uh, and and send him to to Australia, um, and th- that was uh, by the way, that's for last year. Uh, so it, it's it, it's intriguing that you know this is a horse who what did he do? He finished he finished behind Broom last year um, at Saint Cloud in the yeah. oh my brain is frozen yeah the Grand Prix de Saint Cloud yeah Saint Cloud yeah and he he was um he was third and was ahead of In Swoop Baron Samadhi so you know in that way has um. A nice, a nice sort of profile for the Melbourne Cup, and yeah, has raced over in France on soft, very soft, heavy. You know that that is big, a big tick for me when we're coming into a heavy Melbourne Cup. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're starting to well, you're twisting my arm there now as well. Uh, <laughs> see, this is why I shouldn't do an immense, well, not an immense. I shouldn't do a whole load of form study beforehand, only to then have my arm completely twisted. I should just go. Right, Olivia, who do you like? And then take yeah. you through it myself and then go, okay, I'm just uh, happy days. Let's go with that. Because the more you talk about Gold Trip, the more in- intriguing in the horse I'm, I'm becoming. I-, I know that the plan was to go for Australia last year and then the Cox Plate didn't happen for whatever reason. He came out. I don't know why he didn't run. Um, because they that's why he skipped the arc, was to go down under. And, and then unfortunately he didn't run in that race. Um but the Caulfield Cup is the best prep for the Melbourne Cup. And he's run an absolute blinder in that. And I, again, I don't think he... I think he was very unfortunate in the Cox Plate. In another in another day, he gets an awful lot closer. I'm not saying he would have won, but he would have got an awful lot closer. And the jockey-trainer combination is mustard. Yeah, I mean, Karamar and David Eustace, like, they're just phenomenal. They, they're fantastic and I have very, you know, I have strong faith that they place their horses really well and they would not be sending, and you know, all of their runners in the, in the race have pluses for them or else they, would, they wouldn't they would be in the field. Mm. Mm. All right, Libby, give me the top, top four, top five again, please. So, oh gosh, what was the, uh, see, this is the thing, the order changes as I discuss it with people <laughs> It kind as well. of changed in 10 minutes. <laughs> He as says. Just, he says after ditching said, his own list. Yeah. Um, let I think it. Yeah. Realm of so. Okay. <laughs> Olivia's Melbourne Cup top five. Realm of Flowers without a fight. Gold Trip. Doville Legend Knights Order. Okay. Mine beforehand was without a fight. Huyamal Knights Order Doville Legend. All I have to do is just take out Huyamal. 
They went, who you know places? I'd be like, yeah. I'm you, Olivia! I, I, th- I think um, Dover Legend and Night's Order for me are sort of interchangeable in the order. Um, as are, But I mean... I, yeah, I think, I mean, it can it can change. We've still got another vet inspection to go. We've still got mm. some time with the weather to change. But those are the ones, I think, in any order, take those five and just keep an eye on them, I'd say. Um, I, you know, watch race replays, look at how they've performed before. And um, if people disagree with me, that's absolutely, absolutely fine. They can finish. I think those are five really strong contenders who I would love to see finish top five perhaps a few of them might drop down sixth seventh but for me those are the ones that have the strongest profiles have so many ticks on their side in regards to barrier pace um distance going and um I would encourage people to follow follow those contenders um research them if they have time over the next sort of what is it 38 hours something like that um and um yeah keep an eye on on melbourne weather keep an eye on any news from racing victoria over um the final vet inspection um this is this is horse racing until they're all in the barriers i won't i won't sort of take five take um yeah i'll take a deep breath then and be like okay now we're good <laughs> um any anything can happen that's why we love the sport um yeah we'll be we'll be um encouraging people it's it's a fantastic race to watch it is a puzzle if you fancy pulling an all-nighter or setting an alarm um really do um aussie racing is is brilliant 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 to watch and um you will see horses that you're familiar with as well whether it's the internationals who are traveled down especially for the race um their trainers have also now been able to travel down obviously during the pandemic that was a lot harder um, and there are also horses in the fields that you will recognise from form in France or the UK who have in previous years travelled down and, and are now based with Australian trainers. So there are plenty of reasons um, to tune in. And um, with 24 runners, there are always going to be differing opinions. And that's what makes the race so, so fun and such a kind of unique puzzle to unpack so if people disagree with me that's actually fantastic and i would love to hear people's opinions and um whether they are in agreement or disagreement you know drop me a tweet let me know what you think and if you want to make a case for another contender you know everything can change i'm not i'm not um above having my mind changed from a from a debate um so yeah really really hope that the race kind of grabs people's attention and interest and um you know that it's it's a fantastic running of of the race that stops the nation and my flat also in the UK. It stops me even at whatever hour of the morning it is. And um, yeah, hopefully we have a wonderful safe race with you know all horses coming back um, safe and sound and healthy. And um, that the you know the narrative around that is around the winner and what a fantastic race it has been because um, that would be fantastic for both racing in Australia and racing worldwide because it is a fantastic industry down there and I would encourage people to to watch Australian racing and get get involved. It does involve strange hours sometimes. You may have to do a late night or an early morning, but the coverage is always fantastic. The trainers and jockeys are brilliant and um, the horses down there are are you know really great to watch they race a lot you'll recognize lots of them because they'll have moved down from from the northern hemisphere so yeah that's my little um 
I have not been paid to say that. It sounds like I've just done like a PR piece for for Australian racing, but I'm just such a huge I'm such a huge fan of it, and I would love to have more conversations about it with um, people in the Northern Hemisphere on social media, and hopefully get get more people interested in it and following it um, throughout their kind of spring and autumn carnivals. Through the prism of jump racing, uh, I was doing some research over the weekend in preparation for more jumps previews, and there's um, I'm not entirely certain if they're going to stick to this, but there's a quote about Lom Press that they might not run them in a grade one until Cheltenham, which just had me banging my head off the desk. Um, and I almost feel obliged to put my head in my hands again. It's like, what? What? Uh, but hey, connections will forget more about racing than I'll ever know, but I do, don't really understand that. Uh, Constitution Hill is probably going to have two starts. We know the Honeysuckle will have two starts. That's her prep, so I don't have a problem with that. Um, but when you think of how horses in... Ireland and the UK, particularly in jumps racing, the high-class ones are wrapped in cotton wool. And then you look at high-class racing in Australia. I bash Australia a lot. You know, they produce brilliant sprinters, but in order to get a top-class stare or a middle-distance horse, they've got to import them from the Northern Hemisphere. And that's the bottom line, because I say so. Did I just steal Stone Cold Steve Austin? I did, didn't I? I'm going to get punched right in the face. Um, but to be fair, they race their horses a lot. And they're not afraid to do that. And... It, it is a great product. I mean, watching it the other night on Sky was tremendous viewing. Um, we saw Star of India win last night, which was pretty cool. Yes, yeah, that was, oh, that was fantastic. Was was really pleased. And again, you know, Annabelle Nisham has gone down and is, you know, an, a fantastic ambassador for racing down there. She, you know, has an incredible ability as a trainer and is a real force to be reckoned with. And that's fantastic to see. Um, as as I'm also involved in women in racing over here in the UK, that's you know she is a fantastic ambassador for women in sport. And um, yes, as you, and as you say, I mean obviously we are comparing sort of jumps racing with um, you know flat racing down down in Australia. But I think in terms of grabbing the audience's attention, grabbing the public's attention, horses who race a lot are just able able to do that and that's often in the UK perhaps due to the length of time that they race so you know the likes of sort of Stradivarius have raced for many years now so people are very familiar with them and um, he can kind of gain popularity and public attention in that way but you look at sort of very elegant and winks and the amount of times they race and the frequency with which they race you know sort of during the carnival sort of you know once a month that is just going to make, you know, it's going to grab people's attention. It makes them into the, you know, the heroes that they are in, in the public eye, which is just fantastic to see. So, um, yeah, I would really, really encourage people to, to follow Australian racing. It's, um, it's really, you know, in, they're, and they're not, you know, the media there are not afraid to have, you know, debates. It, it's a really um, fascinating, fascinating industry to kind of um, look into. And I just hope that I can get down to Australia soon and sort of experience it myself as well. I remember Jason, I was just thinking, Star of India, by the way, was acquired privately. So I don't know how much money they've paid for the horse. But he did just win £231,720 for that race. Yes. Of yeah. The king's finest <laughs> sovereigns. Yeah. Like, dear God, that's a handicap. Uh, yeah, I should probably mention as well, they have incredible prize money as well they, down under. The prize so money? They race for a lot right. of money. 
It's all right. That's uh, it, yeah. Um, pretty okay. You know, four four point one million up for grabs in the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, it's all right, I guess. You know, it's, it's worth the trip. Two point three million to the winner. Dear God, you mentioned women in racing. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we are a brilliant community, um, and. We are open to you know female racing fans, anyone who sort of aligns aligns with the message, um, and anyone who works in racing as well. Whatever level, whether you're kind of um, in studs and yards, um, or you know more on kind of the corporate side, everyone is welcome. We have a brilliant bursary scheme, mentoring scheme, fantastic events, and just a brilliant sense of community. And um, we try and do meetups if we're all at races or. Just, um, you know, we have a Facebook group and social media pages, just trying to make make people feel feel connected. And um, we also have a brilliant racing home project as well, which um, helps parents in racing as well. So lots going on and we'd really encourage people to, to get involved and um, follow us on social media and have a look at the website if you're interested in membership. Womeninracing.co.uk is the site. Uh, Livy, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Looking forward to chatting to you again. Uh, and hopefully you have supplied us with plenty of gravy for Tuesday morning to kick off the week and uh, load up the satchels as we get ready for the Breeders' Cup as well. Uh, thanks so much for your insight, Olivia. Oh, thank you very much for having me, and I hope everyone enjoys watching the Melbourne Cup. Gravy will be flowing Tuesday morning live on Sky Sports Racing. Uh, we're back with more content on the Final Furlong Podcast very, very soon. Be safe, be well. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pitches at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk.